This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here is your host for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson. Oh, good morning. Welcome to the program. It's a Monday on a Tuesday. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. I hope you got to enjoy a long holiday weekend. And do I hope for anything else? I hope you have a good day. How about that? 800-765-TALKS, the phone number, 304-TALK, 304 is the text line. Brad McElhenney stops by, bottom of the hour. We'll talk to Brad about the latest briefing from the governor. And I have a question for Brad today. I don't know that anybody else will ask him this question. He's doing, I think, eight different radio programs across the state this morning. And here's what I want to ask Brad. What's the point? For these briefings that the governor holds three times a week, there's information there. There's information I I do think is important to relay to you. Uh, Certainly information that needs to be disseminated, but what's the point? There are no policy changes that have been enacted in, in weeks. There's no policies that have been rescinded or reinstated other than hearing the governor's very obvious frustrations over vaccination rates, lamenting that Uh, The situation, at least as far as case numbers go and ICU numbers go, uh, those are increasing. Hearing him lament those facts, what's the point? I don't mean that, and I really don't mean that in a pejorative manner. What function is it serving to do this three days a week? Now, the information is valuable. The information is important. It should be disseminated and i will give him credit for the transparency to some degree that he has operated with but to do this three days a week and really nothing changes day to day week to week is it time to rethink the strategy i'll ask brad McElhenney coming up at the bottom of the hour also next segment was out and about over the weekend, out covering college football. I was in Annapolis. Uh, again, I mentioned this yesterday, but if you have not, if you are a college football fan and have not had the opportunity to uh, take in a game at one of the service academies, do it. Uh, you will not find more uh, pomp and circumstance or, uh, you know, we talk about the pageantry of college football all the time. You're not going to top it. Uh, over what you will find at one of the service academies. So really enjoy that, number one. But number two, we'll share some observations I made because it is very easy to view the world from the bubble of this studio. And what, that, what I mean is every day diving into, you know, we dive into topics involving local issues, what's going on with the pandemic, what's going on in the schools, what's going on at your city hall or um, at the uh, county commissions. We dive into these topics every day. So it it's very easy to view the world from that bubble. And when you step outside of it, 
it's a good it's a good reminder. And I made a few observations. I'll relay those to you coming up in just a little bit. You may not be aware, and you may not have the time to sit through and go through 200 pages of results, but the results from the citywide survey in Morgantown are in soliciting input on how you, how residents in Morgantown feel. The $11 million in funding from the American Rescue Plan Act should be prioritized. The survey was available uh, through a, a large chunk of August, and you won't be shocked to find out that the participation in the survey was even more meager than participation in a citywide election. 540 people out of a city of over 30,000, that's less than 2%, responded to the online questionnaire. Heck, you, you didn't even have to be a city resident to respond. Anyone could have responded to the questionnaire. About a quarter of the people who did fill out the survey come from one neighborhood. They're in the Suncrest area. I don't know if the survey accurately reflects the majority of citizens in Morgantown. Statistically, it's enough if you're looking to get an idea of where residents stand and where they feel things should be prioritized statistically speaking that is enough 540 is enough to get you an idea when it comes to morgantown city council and when it comes time for them to make the decisions on how to actually appropriate this 11 million dollars in federal funding that's coming in that's that's meant for infrastructure type projects remember you had a chance to weigh in. There were informational meetings held. The survey was conducted. And you had a chance to express your thoughts on what the city's priorities should be. So when it comes time to actually allocate those dollars, don't be shocked if you don't necessarily agree with how those dollars should be spent. If you did not, did not take the time, the five minutes or so, to fill out the survey. As for the survey results themselves, well, there's a lot of information there. What to do with that information? Well, I guess that's always the, in this case, the $11 million question. I don't know how useful all of it is. The survey results, there's about 200 pages of comments. Um, it will take you a hot minute to go through them. It's a mix. There's a mix of generalities, such as we should spend the money on roads and potholes. There are some specific requests. There are a lot of misconceptions about, one, how the money can be used, or two, the city's limited authority on where it can use the money. For instance, the city can do nothing about Route 7. Can't use the money there. Well, they can't do anything about Route 7 on a good day. The city also can't subsidize the wages of employees and private businesses. There are some responses that are geared toward pushing agendas. You would expect that. So a lot of information there, a lot of input, a lot of it to go through, even if it was just from less than 2% of the city population, still 200 pages worth of comments to go through. What the city does with that, how the city councilors weigh that information, how they sit down and prioritize what projects should be funded, well, we'll find out soon enough. There did seem to be, in some shape, form, or fashion, a lot of sentiment. Again, a lot of people from Suncrest 
weighed in on improving water and sewer infrastructure. And, of course, this comes on the heels of the two floods in July. The two flash floods, which were results of stormwater systems that could not handle a deluge of rain. Now, those were monumental rain events, but they happened twice within a month's time. So there were a lot of sentiments about that. And there is a project out there. Morgantown Utility Board is proposing upgrades to the Pompano Run stormwater system and has asked for a million dollars from the county commission and a million dollars from the city to get this project off and running. The county has given at least a verbal commitment to that. The city, well, we're still waiting to hear from. Could that be one of the projects that comes up when this is finally prioritized probably uh, well, later, the, well, it has to be prioritized by the end of the year. But, you know, in the next several weeks, we'll we'll find out where the city, where the city's priorities lie when it comes to the $11 million in American Rescue Plan Act funding. All right, coming up on the other side of the break. I was out and about over the weekend, out covering college football. Happy to be doing that. Was nice to have fans back. You probably watched some college football stadiums were packed around the country. Have some observations, just some observations to share. I'd like to hear your thoughts as well. Brad McElhinney coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's a Monday on a Tuesday for a lot of you settling back in after the extended Labor Day weekend. Hope your day's off to a great start. More coming up in just a moment. 915's Talk of the Town. talking about your town now back to the talk of the town brad McElhenney joins me bottom of the hour got a question for brad i don't know that he's going to be asked this on any other of the uh i think he's doing like a half dozen radio shows today well yeah you can tell it was, it was a long holiday weekend so you, you go to the uh you go to qb number qb1 which is brad McElhenney in this instance he'll join us bottom of the hour got a question for him Simple, to the point. The question is, what's the point? Governor holds briefings three days a week. There's nothing new to report. The numbers are updated, though that is critical information, I do believe, information that you should have. But what's the point? We'll ask bottom of the hour. So I was out and about over the weekend out covering college football, very much enjoy it, as you would imagine. My wife always gives me a hard time when I say, I got to work on Saturday. She reminds me that entails going to a college football game. I'm lucky, and I'm aware of that. But what it gives me an opportunity to do is to get out of this bubble a little bit. And it's easy to sometimes lose perspective or lose sight and i have to remind myself to do this every now and again because it is easy to get trapped in the you know the topics of the day what's going on at city hall what's going on at the county commission chambers what's happening in the state legislature what's the latest information regarding the pandemic and losing sight that everyone else is just trying to live life try to remind myself to get out of the bubble And what I find when I get outside of it, 
as I did this weekend, especially when it comes to COVID and the pandemic, mask mandates, vaccine mandates, mandates against mandates, that not everyone else is consumed with this information. Not everyone else's time and thought are consumed with the pandemic. Went out to eat. I observed people living. When I was out with friends, out to eat breakfast Saturday morning, or just killing time, the conversations were not about vaccine mandates or whether or not I should have to wear a mask to go here. What's going on in schools? What's going on at the Capitol? What's the governor going to do? Oh, my gosh, did you see these numbers? They were about soccer games and vacations and, of course, football. It made me wonder. If you are not in media, if you are not in government, or if you're not in healthcare, are you really getting worked up over the information? Are you really getting worked up over the pandemic anymore? Healthcare industry, I get it. I speak with hospital officials on a regular basis. There's concern there as capacities are reached as ICU beds become more and more limited. They may have to postpone elective surgeries again just to keep space open for COVID patients. There's real concern there. I get it. But when I bring that up in conversation with someone outside of media or healthcare, it's only met with mild surprise, a little bit of a shoulder shrug, and quite honestly, the response, well, that's why I got vaccinated. When I hear discussions of a, you know, quote-unquote, return to normal, I think many people have already done that. Look around the country this weekend at all the fans who are out at college football games. If you go out to eat, I think most people, a lot of people have actually more or less returned to normal. Not everything. I also think most people are not being reckless. They're not trying to go out of their way to flout any requirements. If they're asked to put a mask on to be inside a business, they will, or maybe politely walk out. Now, of course, the ones that get all the attention are the ones who cause a scene, obviously. I think most people, at least from my observations this weekend, are just simply trying to live life and are over the sensationalism of... This number, that number, this requirement, that protocol, this guideline or that guideline. Just want to live life. What are your observations? 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255, 304-TALK, 304, the text line. What what, What do you see? Like I said, it's easy to get caught up as... It's it's my job every day to, to look at the numbers, to... Uh, take in the governor's news conferences to have an at least an understanding or general idea of what is happening in hospitals around the state, what is happening uh, in in the local school systems. That's my job, so I'm in it every day, and it is easy to lose perspective that maybe you're not. Maybe you just get up, go to work, and you live life. And that's what I observed over the weekend. 800-765-TALKS, the phone number, 304-TALK-304, the text line.
couple of texts here. Dave, there is no point in Big Jim's having press conferences, which is why I quit listening to them months ago. Dave, I agree with you. What is the point? Justice needs to do something, not just enjoy the sound of his own voice. I'm going to ask Brad McElhinney coming up in just a couple of minutes. He joins me bottom of the hour. Um, yeah, what is the point? Again, the, I just lamented, I guess, a little bit having to, you know, being in this topic. But, look, the information is necessary. The information should be disseminated. We should be trying to be as transparent as we can here. But really, it's it, it's turned into a thrice weekly frustration session on the part of the governor. And I get his frustrations there. But is it really serving a purpose at this point? 304 Talk 304. Oh, Dave. I'm worked up over the pandemic, especially with the idiots who won't get vaccinated. I'm frustrated we don't have mask mandates still. I'm tired of uh, I'm tired of I'm vaccinated. I'll do what I want when those 12 and under can't be tired of a lot of it. The point now is pleading with the idiots who won't get vaccinated. Uh, 304 Talk 304. What's the email address for Talkline? It is uh, Talkline at WVMetroNews.com. <laughs> uh, let me see. All right, Brad McWenning, join us bottom of the hour. 304 Talk 304. Hey, Dave, whatever happened with Dan Nagalski's suit against the city for stealing his property? Funny you should mention that. Funny you should bring that up. Where uh, do I have the do I have the agenda here? Morgantown City Council holds its regular meeting tonight. A uh, little bit of a lengthy agenda, but some of these are procedural items, and I don't really think they're going to take a whole heck of a lot of time. Uh, under new business, if you all get out your Morgantown City Council agendas, under new business item M. There is consideration of a settlement and release agreement among Daniel A. Nagowski, Daniel L. Nagowski, uh, the Daniel A. Nagowski Revocable Intervivios Trust, and the city of Morgantown. Um, that sounds like they've reached a settlement on that property. That's what that looks like to me. If you don't remember the story, the short version uh, during the Riverfront Revitalization Project, uh, the city built a building on property, or at least partly constructed on property, it didn't own, and it darn well knew it. Or at least administratively, it darn well knew uh, there was no agreement on that property, and they built on it anyway, and then came in after the fact and tried to take it through eminent domain. It appears, based on that agenda item, we'll find out tonight, uh, they may have reached a settlement with Dan Nagalski after uh, building on his property. We'll find out tonight. Morgantown City Council, uh, regular meeting, uh, 7 o'clock tonight at City Hall. Coming up, other side of the break, we'll talk to Brad McElhenney, much new statewide correspondent. He's only doing about a half dozen radio shows today, including this one, including the guy that follows me as well.
Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town. Most popular guy in West Virginia today is Metro statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. He's doing the... Uh, radio carousel around the state uh, getting us all caught up after the long holiday weekend he joins us as well morning brad good morning dave i always tell hoppy there are two situations when i am popular to come on shows one is which is when there is a lot of news the other is when there's hardly any news (laughs) (laughs) well you know it's it's feast or famine some days brad you know (laughs) yeah well uh glad to glad to help Fill with interesting and important content following a holiday. Well, we'll see if we cover any of that over the next few minutes. All right, here's the question I wanted to ask you today, Brad. Uh, since the the Delta variant has, has cases have spiked because of the Delta variant, Governor went back to three day a week press briefings, um, and the governor's been uh, very available from that standpoint since the pandemic started you know way back in uh, mid-march 2020 here's my question brad we haven't had any new policy enacted old policies rescinded or reinstated what's the point of the governor's thrice weekly briefings now i have wondered you know as news briefings he does he does answer questions and you get a bit about his philosophy and there are some changes in, in the numbers. Uh, unfortunately, they're often sort of dramatic increases in bad numbers. But you're right, not necessarily changes in approach by state government. And in fact, the governor says he's leaving policy decisions to local governments. And, and so sometimes I have wondered, why are we having briefings by someone who is not going to change policy? Why, why are the local governments not having these briefings? Uh, you know, uh, but since the beginning of the pandemic, it, it has occurred to me that, that some of what he's doing is sort of a fireside chat kind of thing. I mean, it's not necessarily meant for you and me on the whole. It's meant for people who are at home and, and maybe isolating or lonely or just wondering what's happening. And, and you know, to that degree, he's he's talking to those people. Uh, but you're you're not necessarily getting as we've said, new policy. And he, the governor is pleading, and I would give him credit for it. He's pleading for people to go out and get vaccinated. But if you are, if you're listening at all, you know, it seems like you're probably someone who is already receptive to being vaccinated. So, you know, I I approve of the message, but kind of wonder whether the format is, needs a change or, or needs some new way uh, to get that that message out. Yeah, I, Brad, I, as I usually do, I, I think you're right, and I think he does deserve credit for uh, being there. I think he deserves credit for taking time to, um, in in his own way, there honor each person who has passed uh, because of COVID. And if, hey, if you've had a loved one and you've heard the governor mention the uh, such and such year old man out of whatever county, and you know that's your you know, granddad or father or brother or cousin, I think that has a little bit of meaning. So I give him credit for all of those things, Brad. I just wonder how effective that that fireside chat, as you called it, uh, how effective that has been because, like you said, if you're inclined to get the vaccine, you've had it by now. Um, If you're inclined to wear a mask, you're probably wearing one by now. So I just wonder how effective that, that approach is as we 
move into whatever phase this is of the pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I have noticed recently is we've strayed a bit at the beginning from the topic at hand. Um, you know, the governor has talked about other things going on in the stage. Yesterday, he showed a bit of a slideshow of himself honoring the return of football at, at Bluefield, um, the college, not the, not the high school. Uh, so he was there, he, he did the coin toss, showed his pictures, which is, which is fine. And it's good for that community. But, but I, you know, I, I thought these COVID numbers are truly alarming. I mean, we, we have, we've gone past the all time pandemic record now on people on ventilators, which is about the most serious situation you can have with a COVID case short of, of death. Um, and I thought, my my reaction to to showing the Bluefield football slides was that is nice, but maybe this is not the the time or moment for it because it seems like it it just dilutes the message. Uh, on Friday, there was a big segment on communities and schools, which is a a good program. It's worthy. Um, I, I would support it, but I wondered if the COVID briefing was. The, the time to to focus on that mm -hmm. you know maybe it should have had its own briefing or its own little segment uh you know if you're somebody watching at home and first of all the briefing doesn't begin on time and then you're there for the latest on covid but you've got something else you know are, are you losing the audience by doing these things uh, you bring up and i'm afraid brad we're going to have more questions than answers by the end of this segment and i brought this up uh, prior to you coming on, um, as I was out and about over the weekend uh, covering college football and got out of our our little media bubble here a little bit and, and <laughs> had conversations with people outside the industry, if you are outside of media, Brad, or government, or certainly the healthcare industry, are you paying that much attention anyway? Because certainly I've, I talk to hospital officials and I have friends who are working in the hospitals who are telling me, yeah, it's full. Um, our ICUs are full. They may have to postpone elective surgeries so they can keep uh, beds available. So there's certainly concerns there. Uh, certainly, if you're the governor or on his staff, you know this takes up a lot of your time. And we have the and we have a job to do, a responsibility to get that information out. But Brad, if you're anybody else, I don't know that you're really paying that close of attention to any of it anyway. If you have to wear a mask, okay. If you don't, whatever. If you're va certainly, I think people who are vaccinated probably shrug their shoulders as much as anybody. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I I have gone back to wearing my mask. I'm vaccinated, but I'm I'm wearing my mask as an extra level of protection. And went in to get my car worked on on Friday, and those guys were working in a fairly enclosed space, but you know, none of them had theirs on. And I thought, yeah. okay, I guess we're just I'm not going on with normal life, but I guess other people are. Uh, you know, and I'm glad to see people out at football games and enjoying them. And that is an outdoor activity. So I would rank it safer than going out to the movies probably. But uh, it, it is amazing to be attuned to the rise in these numbers and the rise in hospitalizations, but also wander out into real life and, and things are just normal. Yeah, it just makes me wonder how much, it, you know, how they say if the governor, again, by, and I understand his frustration, clearly, um, you know, he doesn't 
he can't comprehend the mindset of someone who would refuse voluntarily refuse to get the vaccine who can and i understand that frustration but i just it seems like you're preaching to the choir as they say brad yeah, I, I, I would be curious about who continues to watch the briefings. I mean, when, when you say you're out talking to people in real life, I've, I've had quite a few people say, well, I used to watch them, but I don't really anymore. Um, you know, people just only have so much attention span. My, my mom and dad are retired and they could watch, but they don't. They don't really know what time they are. Uh, so I, I'm not really sure who the message is getting out to. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of it is not really directed at media. It's directed, I think, at the common citizen. But are they tuned in anymore? I'm, I'm like you. I'm not convinced. Uh, I, I think the common folk, and and I don't mean this in any sort of negative way, especially folks who who have been vaccinated, who will follow uh, guidelines or protocols. Okay, whatever. Oh, the governor had a press briefing today. Okay, they, you know, I, I think it's met with a shoulder yeah. shrug, and uh, that's interesting. And all right, I got I got the kids' soccer game tonight at four. I got I got things to do. So, all right, those are just, I don't know, my observations, Brad, for whatever they're worth. About yeah, two cents. I mean, cents. I think if you've, got, if you've got family who needs treatment in the hospital mm-hmm. or kids in school and you're wondering about how consistent school will be or whether you're going to be sent home to quarantine, those are the things where it, it really affects you where you're, you're watching more closely. But the overall, but I'm, I'm going to so watch sure I'm going to watch my local school board meeting for that, Brad. <laughs> yeah, I don't true. need to watch the true. governor for that. Unless he changes course and doesn't look like he's going to anytime soon. All right, Brad, did we solve anything in that segment? Uh, we we reassured each other that we are not so sure about anything. <laughs> we, we got each other. <laughs> uh, well, that's all that matters, Brad, as long as we have each other. We can get through yeah, anything. Exactly. All right, mention your exactly. statewide correspondent, Brad McElhenney. All right, Brad, uh, you going to be on with Hoppy after a bit? That'll round out your day? Uh- I am. I'm going to talk West Virginia poll results. Oh, those are interesting. I'll leave those to him. But those are interesting. Yep. All of them have been interesting uh, this last What's round. really interesting is when we're on live radio and he asked me to go to page two of the cross tabs <laughs> and tell him what column eight says. <laughs> you know why? Because he's got it pulled up. That's He's got it pulled up. And I say, I, I don't know what that is. Uh, give me a <laughs> second, Oppie. <laughs> Mention Give me st- 10 minutes. I'll get it. <laughs> Mention new statewide correspondent, Brad McElhenney. Appreciate it, Brad. All right. All right, buddy. 800-765-TALK is the phone number. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. What are your observations? What are your thoughts? What are you seeing out there? Just curious. 945. We're back in a moment. Now back to the talk of the town. Three hundred four talk three hundred four the phone number now. After that, all of that, share this with you. Protocols for the WVU home opener against Long Island coming up uh, five o'clock kickoff this Saturday at Milan Pushcar Stadium. Um, This from West Virginia University Athletics. The stadium will return to normal operations. That includes pregame tailgating and complete game day experience. Uh, Fans are encouraged to be vaccinated. It's not required. Encouraged. COVID-19 vaccination, single most important successful tool. Uh, The university is following CDC 
and Montague County Health Department guidelines, which do outline protection measures in light of the Delta variant. The CDC Health Department and University recommend that fully vaccinated people and unvaccinated individuals wear a mask in public indoor settings, particularly in crowded areas. Those not fully vaccinated are also encouraged to wear a mask outdoors, including in the parking lots and in the stadium. Do notice those are recommendations. All fans should self-evaluate prior to game day. Before arriving at the stadium, if you are feeling sick or experiencing COVID symptoms, you should know what those are at this point. Stay home and contact your doctor. Uh, In conjunction with local, state, and university officials, they will be continuing to monitor the COVID pandemic, make changes to stadium protocols if needed based on current conditions. Parking lots will open at 7 a.m. with tailgating permitted. Football's new Hall of Traditions will open to the public three hours before game time and close at kickoff. The Chick-fil-A Kid Zone returns to the Caperton Indoor Practice Facility for four games starting two and a half hours before kickoff. Mountaineer Man Trip will take place two hours, 15 minutes before the game. Don't forget about the clear bag policy, which remains in effect. And the athletic department's invite... uh, uh, You can... Go to wvsports.com slash clearbag for more information. Fans are asked to reduce what they bring into the stadium to minimize contact points and bag searches. Security personnel will check bags at the gates. Additional home, uh, additional home game information updates will be provided on Tuesday. That would be today of game week. All right, so there's your protocols. 800-765-TALK-304-TALK-304. Talk your thoughts next. We're talking about your town. Now back to the talk of the town. All right, your thoughts at 304-TALK-304-800-765-TALK-800-765-8255. Talk, we got a minute for you, Bill. Go ahead. Hey, just a small geography lesson. I live in New York State. Uh-huh. I can leave my house and go to Morgantown, turn around, come back to my house before I can get to Long Island University. <laughs> Okay, it's out, it's out in the Atlantic Ocean somewhere. And, and second of all, uh, you talk about the people, and I, I live in an area that's a lot like West Virginia. It's a rural area. There's farmers up here and Amish people. We've been back to normal since, well, more or less the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. And school's just starting. It's high school football and all that stuff coming together. And to, to add to just the city life and the country life, happy over, over the Cincinnati's election back in november his theme has seemed to be compartmentalizing compartmentalizing yeah that's it yeah his audience i mean between the the rural or the city or the haves or the have-nots or the trump supporters or the democrats or the left wing or the right wing and it, it 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 just doesn't make for good audience participation when you just put all these people in these slots that he's lined up on his spreadsheet. It's, I, I, don't, I don't know why he's changed since he used to do things here year, two, three years ago. It's different. Well, I have no idea what's going on on that end of the bill. Well, it's actually a totally different building, Bill. But I know. Uh, I know. He's downtown. But, yeah, <laughs> but just I – mean, I hear you. I don't know, I don't know why it goes there. <laughs> uh, but 
We'll rural America's out. fine. We, we've been in the, quote, normal atmosphere since the 4th of July and intend to be that way. All right. Bill, appreciate the call as always, sir. Take care. Have a good one. You too. And, fi- and fix that stormwater drain. <laughs> I'm working on it. 304 Talk 304. Um, Dave, we need a leader. That's the bottom line. Not someone worried about being friends with those who aren't getting vaccinated. He can't go for a third consecutive term, I believe. No, he cannot. So not sure what the concern concerns are. We aren't doing what's best for West Virginia. Numbers are rising. What solutions or policy have we tried? Nothing. Uh, 304 Talk 304. Dave, my observations are the same as yours. Life has been going on since late spring. I'm vaxxed. If the place requires a mask, I'll put one on. If the place I want to go is packed, I'll wear a mask. Less than 5% of my conversations are about the pandemic. Uh, 304 Talk 304. Ooh, I'd really, I really want to get to this text, but I, I just don't have time. Let me see. I need a short one. Dave, Long Island University school colors, blue and gold. Did not know that. I did not know that. All right, that's a Carson reference. Nobody's going to get it. If nobody got Brian Kelly's John McKay reference yesterday, nobody's going to get the uh, Carson reference either. All right, if you missed any of the show, it's on demand for you at WAJR.com. In just a little bit, I'll have the podcast posted. Otherwise, Hoppy Kirchival is coming up next with Metro News Talk Line. Talk to you tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.